Good morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, at least the first three or four rows as the light comes up. I'll see the rest of you. Um, hey, before we jump in to the message today, I want to reiterate something that um, has already been said. Nikki said it earlier pre-service, but I just want to um, kind of push on it a little bit more. Um, February 20th, we're going to start um, a brand new series. Um, that is a week after the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Um, um, yeah, some of you are like that. Um, it's called Let's Talk. Um, this is a series that we're, gonna, we're just going to focus on mental health. Um, that's what this series is all about. Um, it, it seems to be a, a topic um, that is pretty prevalent. Uh, it's a topic that's pretty misunderstood. Um, and it's a, it's a topic that we want to go after. We're actually joining with a few other churches in, in Topeka that are doing this together because we wanted to be um, a united front in this. We wanted to, to bless our community in multiple ways, and we're going to do that in a couple ways. Um, but uh, this is, is not, it's not a series that we just want to do just to, just to do on um, the weekends. We actually want this to, uh, to progress and be an actual conversation. That's why we're calling it Let's Talk. It's not called Tim Will Talk. It's called Let's talk. Um, and, and so we're going to put together some small group curriculum. We're asking everybody who's in a small group um, to kind of to, to focus in on this for those four weeks. Uh, but we're also asking some of you um, to help us by starting um, some small groups. There are people who we would love um, to, to wrestle with and talk about and pray through some of the stuff that we're going we're gonna to talk about in this series. And a lot of them will not come to a church service. A lot of people in our community who won't ever come that we feel like needs to hear some of this stuff. And so we're asking those of you who are willing or, or interested in this uh, to start a small group. It's not a, it's not a big small group. It's just for that four weeks. You get two or three friends, family, coworkers together um, and, and, and have a conversation. We're going to provide all the content. Uh, you don't have to be the teacher. That's kind of my job. Um, and then you just host this, this small group. So if that piques your interest whatsoever, uh, right after we're done here, Pastor Josh is going to meet up here with those who may be interested in that. He's going to give you some tools to answer any questions you may have about that. Um, but we'd love to see some new small groups start um, during this series. And, and again, bless people who may not ever show up at Grace Point through this because we think it's a topic and it's a subject and it's an issue um, that, that the church and, and Jesus and scripture has something to say to it. So we're going we're gonna to spend four weeks talking about that. All right. That's February 20th. Um, that's a few weeks away, but we want to get that started. All right. Okay. Um, if you're new um, or you have a first time at Grace Point, first time joining us online or first time in a long time, uh, we started this series three or four weeks ago talking about how we view our bodies and how specifically God views our bodies. And we've said there's these two ends of the spectrum when it comes to how we view our bodies. There's the body worshipers, the people who are all about vitamins and diet and exercise and multiple times a day they exercise and it's all about how they feel, how they look. And then on the other side are the body neglectors who never think about vitamins who don't really think about their exercise, don't really think about their diet. They're the people who, if you go all the way over to the side, they're the people who say, well, the Bible says that we get a new body when we go to heaven, so I'll just survive until then. I'll just, I'll just make it to then, right? Um, and, and we don't live on the ends of that spectrum. We don't live at the extremes. We live probably somewhere in between, or we go back and forth. Isn't it kind of interesting, your age and stage of life, how you viewed your body differently? Um, and, or maybe even different places in the calendar, 
right? Like in January, we start to think a little bit more about our health and our diet, and then by June, it's like, no, I'm back to supersize it. Yes, please, right? It's just it, it back and forth, back and forth, and that's how we tend to approach it. But what we've said is the Bible actually has a lot to say about your body, that Scripture actually speaks to this. And, and the main thing that Scripture talks about when it comes to your body, when it comes to how you view your body, is that, that your body was created by Jesus, for Jesus, in order to honor Jesus. That he is your creator, that he has a purpose for your body, and the purpose for your body is for you to honor him with it. So we haven't been asking the question, you know, how healthy can I be? It's a great question. But we also haven't been asking the question, okay, how unhealthy can I be and still survive? We don't want to go that way either. What we've been asking is, how do I honor Jesus with my body? How do, how do you honor Jesus with your eyes, with your ears, with your hands? How, how do you honor Jesus with your heart? And, and today, what we're going to talk about is, how do you honor Jesus with your feet? Is that even possible to honor Jesus with your feet? And you may never thought about it like this, but there are actually multiple references, Old Testament and New, that talk about your feet. And the way that, that, that Scripture talks about it is that, that we honor Jesus with our feet when we place them on the proper path. There's this, this, this language about paths. I mean, read Proverbs. Go, go to the Gospels. Jesus talks about paths a lot. And, and you take all of those together, all the scriptures that talk about this, this path language, what they're talking about is the direction of your life, where you're headed, because a path goes somewhere. And so um, you may have never thought about this before, but you're on a financial path. You Maybe you didn't intentionally choose this financial path. Maybe it was chosen for you, or maybe you did, but your feet are on a financial path, and it's going somewhere. If you're married or you're planning on getting married or, or you're dating, you're on a relational path. You, if if um, you, know, you have an occupation, if you have a career, if you have a job, you're on a path there. You placed your feet on certain paths that are taking you somewhere. You have a health path. Whatever you do with your health, you've, you've placed your feet on that path and it's taking you somewhere. And when it comes to these paths that we place our feet on, again, whether it's, it's morally or relationally, financially, occupationally, whatever, whatever realm we're talking about, our, our, our good intentions, our hopes, our dreams is not what determines where we end up. We, we tend to think that, well, I have good intentions of ending up in a good place. I've got, I've got these hopes and I've got these dreams that I want to end up in this place in my marriage or with my kids or, or, or my job. But, but actually, when you step back and take a look at it, it's not intentions that determine your, your destination. It's actually your direction. It's the, the paths that you put your feet on. We don't, we don't think about this a lot. And I'm actually going to give you some examples here a little bit later. But, but there's a disconnect sometimes between where our feet are and where we intend to end up. And we think intentions, we think hopes, we think dreams, we pray these prayers, and God, I want to end up in a certain place. But if you look down at the path that your feet are on and you're not heading that direction, you'll never end up there. It's because paths that we choose to walk on have a predetermined destination, wherever they go. And, and I wasn't I wasn't born and raised, some, many of you weren't born and raised in the generation where um, everybody got a trophy 
regardless of, of, of what place they came in. But, but especially in, in, in our country, in our culture, we're, we're taught from a very young age, hey, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. You know, just, just work hard, keep your head down, and you'll succeed. Or, you know, tap into that, that, that drive in your gut. And there's, there's nothing wrong with working hard, nothing wrong with putting your mind to it, nothing wrong with dreaming big. But if we want to end up in certain places, those things don't get us there. It's, it's, the, it's the paths that we put our feet on that get us there. And the wise question to ask, especially for followers of Jesus, I mean, we, we just sang about it. All the way my Savior leads me. Where does he lead you? He leads you on the paths. He leads you on paths. He leads you in the directions that he wants you to go. So the wise question for followers of Jesus, and it's not just followers of Jesus. I think this is a question that anybody can ask. Even if you don't believe the same thing that we do, I think it's a question you should ask. The wise question to ask is, okay, have I placed my feet on the path that takes me where I want to go? When I look down, whatever area of life or just life in general, Am I on the path that I, that I, that's going to take me? Because every path has a predetermined destination. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How, how, what does it look like for us to honor Jesus with our feet? By placing them on the paths that lead in a right way. So if you've got a Bible or a mobile device, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 7. I would love for you to pull it out, have it in front of you. We'll throw these verses up on the screen as well. If you don't have a Bible, there's actually Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you. You can pull one of those out. Um, and follow along with us as well. Kind of a, um, it's kind of a strange passage in different places. Uh, it's kind of culturally, it's just, it's so long ago, it's in a different culture, so I'm going to try and explain this as we go. But it illustrates this idea of, of how the paths we choose take us to where we eventually end up. It's not intentions that determine where we end up. We choose a path, and when we choose a path, we're choosing a destination, whether we're aware of it or not, which is why we should pay attention to the paths that we're on. So we're going to start in verse 6 in Proverbs 7. Let me tell you what's going on here before we read it. Um, Proverbs written by the wise man in the world, Solomon, King Solomon. And the story he tells here, we don't know if it's actually something that he experienced, like this is something that he actually, uh, actually saw, or if it's a parable that he came up with. We, we, we don't know, but the character he uses, there's two characters in, in the story. One of the characters he uses is standing at a window, kind of looking up, kind of looking down into this street where he sees a young man and he realizes, I know this kid's future. I know what's getting ready to happen with this kid, which is... which kind of weird, but when you think about it, you've had this experience before. If you've ever been setting at, um, let's say you're sitting at, at, at Huntoon and Wanamaker, and you see somebody run a red light, and you see somebody else getting ready to go, for a split second, you know their future, and their future is not fun, right? A um, couple, uh, couple days ago, I was taking my daughter Mason to an appointment, and um, I was getting ready to turn off a 10th Street into, into Fleming Place right there by Dillon's. I think it's called, is it still called Fleming Place? Yeah. Um, and about a block away from turning into Fleming Place, I saw a kid, I saw a youth walking through the parking lot there at Dillon's and he's doing this, just looking at his phone, not paying attention to anything around him. And I get, he gets to where I'm getting ready to turn off a 10th street into Fleming Place and he just walks right in front of me, 
not even paying attention, doesn't have any idea that there's a car about to hit him. And I'm thinking to myself, if I wasn't paying attention, I would have run him over and he would have never known it because he was enjoying Facebook or Instagram or something. Wasn't even paying attention. There's these moments in life where I know what's going to happen. I know what's getting ready to happen. Maybe it's not you know, as quick as that. Maybe it's you see a relationship that somebody's in and you go, yeah, that ain't going to last. That is not going to end well. And then what, what ends up happening? It does not end well. So we experience this. We experience this in bits and pieces and snapshots. But that's what he's talking about. Every once in a while we get this picture. That's what's happening here. So here we go. Proverbs 7, starting verse 6. At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. Now, even if you don't believe anything else the Bible says, you agree with that, right? All youths have no sense, and there's nothing they can do about it. It's not a deficiency. It's, it's not they've done something wrong. It's just they don't have, any, they don't have as much experience. They don't have a sense. Maybe your translation might say a youth who lacked judgment. That's another good way to think about it. So he's setting the scene. He's watching something happen, and he's kind of giving us the play-by-play. Verse 8. He, talking about the youth, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. When? At twilight. As the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. And without reading anything else, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Like, you don't have to be a biblical scholar to figure out what's going on here, right? Now, why is that? Isn't it, isn't it because it's so predictable? Isn't, isn't this a well-worn path? Isn't it obvious? Isn't it kind of predetermined? What's going to happen here? I mean, this, this kid, this kid is walking down the street and he's got born to be wild playing in his head. And the older, wiser guy observing this has the theme from Jaws playing in his head. I mean, there's this huge contrast between what the kid is experiencing and what the older, wiser man knows. Because the older, wiser man knows he's on a path. The kid thinks, this is a great experience. I'm about to have an exciting experience. The older, wiser man thinks, no, it's not an experience. It may be exciting, but this is not an experience. This is a path. Verse 10. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, even though she's not. She's not. She's dressed like one. And with crafty intent, she is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him and kissed him. And with a brazen face, she said, Today I have fulfilled my vows. You know what that means? That means I just got back from the temple and I poured out my bucket of sin and I'm ready to fill it back up with you. That's what it means. That's why she had a brazen face. Today, I fulfilled my vows. I've done the good Christian thing, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. That means nothing to us, but she's basically saying, I'm not a prostitute. I have plenty of money. I don't need your money. I'm not after your money. So I came out to meet, not just anybody, I came out to meet you. 
I looked for you, and I have found you. And this youth with no sense, you know what he's thinking? Of course you know what he's thinking. He's thinking, oh, by golly gee, am I special or what? She came looking for me? Is this the best day of, I'm the man of her dreams. This is the kind of stuff they make movies about. I can't wait to tell the guys, she came looking for me. Verse 16, she goes on, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. Well, that's a deal breaker if he's not, right? My husband's not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home until full moon. Don't let the purse fill you. It's more like a, it's a man bag, okay? With, <laughs> verse 21, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And all at once, he followed her. Pause. Right now, what's this kid thinking? He's thinking, am I the man or what? Like, this is going to be the best night of my life. I was at the right place at the right time. Like all those push-ups have paid off. Am I lucky or what? That's what he's thinking. But the wise observer draws a different conclusion. He says all at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter. To which he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't you mean like a rock star to the club? Don't you mean like the professional athlete to the party? Like I'm the man. I can do whatever I want. I just take my pick. I, the wise observer says, no, you're more like an ox going to the slaughter. And if that's not enough, he goes on. Like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver and Three, just another one, like a bird, darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. Wait, 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 wait a second. You got this all wrong, old man. This, this is just a date. I'm just going over to her house. We're two consenting adults. This is just an isolated event. No, it's not. It's a path. It's a path. You're focused on what you're doing. I'm up here focused on where you're going. That's different. You're focused on the immediate. I'm focused on the ultimate. You, young man, are not unique. This situation is not new. This is a well-worn path. So many people have traveled this path before. I know exactly where it ends up. There's going to come a day when you're going to wake up and you're going to go, how in the world did I get here? And the answer is very, very simple. You put your feet on a path. And it wasn't your intent. It wasn't your goal, your dream. But none of that has anything to do with the path you chose. You chose a path with a predetermined destination. And even though it hasn't happened yet, I know exactly where you're going you're like an ox being led to the slaughter. <laughs> is, isn't it interesting? In the world of ge geography, we know this is true. Here's how we know it's true. I can't get on I-70 East 
and get to Colorado. Right? Like, I want to go to Colorado. I dream of going to Colorado. I want to be in the mountains. I have hopes of getting to the mountains. But I'm going to take I-70 East. What, what would you call me if I thought that? You would call me a youth with no sense. You would call me an idiot. Because it doesn't work that way, Tim. We know. We know the connection between paths and destinations have nothing to do with our intent has nothing to do with our dreams, has nothing to do with our hopes. Oh, Lord, please get me to Colorado on I-70 East. Never would it have, all of that is irrelevant. But when it comes to our moral path, our marriage path, the financial path, the health path, the friendship path, like it's not a mystery. Whatever you put your feet on has a predetermined destination and no, you are unique because you've been created in the image of God, but your, your, your experience is not unique. Millions and millions of people have traveled that path before, and you don't have to wonder one second where it leads because it always leads to the same place. It has a predetermined destination. Workaholism, that path has a predetermined destination. Why do you feel alienated from your spouse? Why don't, why don't they seem interested in intimacy anymore? That's not, a, that's not a marriage problem. That's a path problem. Workaholism always leads to the same place. It's a predetermined path. Um, sexual in, intimacy outside of marriage, that leads to a predetermined place every single time. It's, it's not a dating problem. If, if you think every guy is the same, always wants the same things, or you wonder why every romantic relationship ends the same way for you, that's not a dating problem. That's not a relationship problem. That's a path problem. It leads to the same place every time. Debt is a path. If you spend and spend and spend and spend whenever, however, wherever, and have no plan... That leads to the same place every single time. It's not an economy problem. It's not a saving problem. It's a path problem. The adultery path? I, I just can't seem to connect with my adult kids, Tim. That's where it leads. It's where it leads every single time. That's a predetermined destination. But I didn't mean to end up here. I know. I know, and I feel for you, but that's the principle of the path. It doesn't matter what you intend to do or not intend to do. If I accidentally get on I-70 East, my good intentions won't get me to Colorado. I have to stop and turn around and get on the right path. There's some problems. There's some problems you just can't fix with good intentions anymore than you can get to Colorado by taking I-70 East. I-70 West goes to Colorado for everyone. Smart people, dumb people, good drivers, bad drivers, healthy people, not healthy people, people in cars, buses, vans, bikes, on foot. Every single time. That's where it goes. Every single time. But somehow in life, we think it doesn't matter what path we take. Because I'm smart. And, and, and I'm experienced. 
and I can control outcomes even though I go on the wrong path. And wisdom says, no, you can't. You can't. Okay, so I just, I just made a list of areas where I see sometimes disconnect between the path that people are on and the intentions that they have. And, and I'm not thinking of anybody in particular, okay, so don't think I'm thinking of you. I'm just saying this is, these are some disconnects that I see from time to time. Let me just, let me just read you the list. Um, I want God to bless me financially, so I'm not going to share any of it with him. That, there's a disconnect there. I'm not going to share it with anybody else. Um, I want a great sex life when I get married, so I'm going to consume pornography and practice with everybody I date until then. That's a path. It's a well-worn path, and it goes to the same place every time. There's a predetermined destination. I want my kids to grow up and want to come home for the holidays, so I'm going to work all the time while they're growing up. Here's one. I'm so tired of the division in our country, and I want to see it healed. So I'm going to keep supporting the people and voices that deepen that division. Did you know individuals have a path and countries have a path? Our country's on a path. Is it the one you want it to be on? And what are you doing? How are you helping get off of that path? It's an interesting question. I want my kids to grow up and respect me when they're adults, so I'm going to fool around on their mom. There's a disconnect there. I'm going to fool around on their dad. That's, that, that's a disconnect. I want to grow old and invest on my grandchildren, so I'm going to neglect my health now. I want my kids to grow up loving and serving Jesus and his kingdom, so we're going to go to the lake on the weekends. That, the paths you choose trump your intentions. Every single time. I want to lose weight, so yeah, supersize that. <sighs> I want a great relationship with my husband, so I'm going to make the kids a priority over him. I want to know God, but I don't like reading the Bible, so I'll let somebody else read it to me one day a week on Sunday morning. It's, it's as clear as it is in geography. For some reason, it gets foggy in life. It's like we don't think it, 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 it's the same, but the principle is the same. The path you choose determines where you end up. No matter how smart you are, committed you are, how big your dreams are, that's not the problem. The problem is a path. You place your feet on a path, and the path is what determines where you end up. So the question is, okay, what do you do with that? What do you, what do, you do with that? What do you do about that? I want to give you four words. Four words real quick, because for some of us, and I don't know this, but maybe for some of us, this is a wake-up call for, in, in whatever realm or area of your life, maybe it's a wake-up call. For some of us, um, you're on the verge of making a life-altering decision, and you don't even know it. Maybe you're a youth with no sense, and you're going to make a decision that's going to put you on a path that's going to end up where you don't want to end up. Or maybe some of you, you know what path you're on. And you don't like where it's headed, but you're not sure what to do about it. So my hope, my prayer, my goal in these four words is to hopefully give you something to do about that, to get your feet off of the path you're on or to get your feet on a path that you want to be on. First word, stop. Stop. Just stop. Like when, whenever you realize you're lost, 
What's the first thing you do? Do you keep going? Yeah, some of us guys, we do keep going, right? I'm not lost. I'm just searching, right? No, when you realize you're lost, stop. You got to pull the car over to the side of the road and just stop. And for some of us, maybe for, for, for you, stopping is getting, it's just an afternoon alone or a weekend by yourself where you stop and you say, okay, before I take another step, before I drive another mile, I just need to ask myself some hard questions. Is this really the direction I want to go? Like, do I, do I really want to end up where this path is taking me? Am I relying, here's a good one, am I relying on good intentions to get me where I want to go? That's a good question. Stop. Second word, look. Look. Instead of, of looking at what you're experiencing right now, like in, instead of looking at the immediate, look down the road. Look 10, 15, 20 years down the road and ask yourself, if I continue down this road, occupationally, relationally, morally, financially, in my health, whatever it is, am I, where is this going to take me? Stop asking, am I enjoying the ride? And start asking, am I going where I want to end up? Am I going to end up where I want to? And while you're looking, it would be beneficial to look at some of the lives that have gone before you. Because the good news is you're not on a unique path. There, there are no unique paths. They're all well-worn. And the wise thing, the wise thing is to ask, where have the people who've gone before me on this path ended up? And do I want to end up there? Did do, do I want to end up with the kind of marriage my parents have? Do I want to end up in a job 20, 30, 40 years from now with that guy is? Do I want to end up with that kind of cynicism that that guy has, that gal has? Do I want to have that kind of relationship with my adult kids? Look down the road. Where are you going? What happened to the people who followed this path that you're on 10 years later, 20 years later, 40 years later? Those examples aren't hard to find. You just, you just got to look. We, again, we all think we're on a unique path, but there's well-worn paths, good ones and bad ones, all around us. And many, many, many people have traveled them before. So stop, look. Third word is listen. Um, Pastor Frank said last week, somewhere in your life is the voice of reason. Somewhere in your life, somebody is saying, I don't know about that. Are you, are you sure that's where you want to go? Hey, have you asked your mom? Have you asked your spouse? Hey, have you, have you prayed about this? There's somebody in your life that they, they have something to say to you, and you've tuned them out, you've put them at arm's length, whatever it is, and you don't want to listen because you're smarter, you're older, you're more educated, whatever it is. And besides that, you're enjoying the path too much. You've got born to be wild going through your head right now. But that older, wiser person is watching a great white shark stalk you. Are you going to listen? Going to listen to what they have to say. Stop, look, listen. And then the last word, learn. Is learn. Um, did you know the Bible sheds more light on more paths than any other library of books? And do you know why that is? 
because the Bible was inspired by a God that loves you. He inspired the writers of Scripture to write what they wrote because he loves you. And if God loves you, you would expect him to say things like, hey, if you go down the debt path, one of these days you're going you're gonna to wake up and you're going to feel like you're a slave to the lender. That's in there. From God to you. Because he loves you. Because he wants what's best for you. That's in the Bible. And there's all kinds of light on all kinds of path. In fact, here's what the psalmist says about this. Your word is a lamp for my what? And a light to my what? There it is. There it is. What does that mean? Well, it means in, in, in that book that you have access to, you have full and complete access to on your phone, on your computer, at home. You have multiple copies of it. That book is like a giant light for all of the paths in life. It says, here's where this path leads. Here's where that path leads. Hey, if you get on that path, this is where it's going to take you. Over and over and over and over. Your heavenly father loves you so much that he never asked you to live in the dark. He never asked you to learn everything the hard way. He gave you a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. He's given you his word. He's given you his people. He's given you the people who have come before us. He's given you his spirit that wants to lead you to all truth. Are you listening to what he has to say to you? Are you listening to what his people have to say to you? Are you plugging in to the very spirit of God that's available to light up your path? Because he says, look, every path has a predetermined destination and I want to shed light on the paths in your life, but you got to trust me. You got to listen to me over and over and over. That's what scripture says. So here's a question. Where are you headed? What, what path are your feet on? Not where are you. Not where are you because where you are right now is probably okay. Where are you going? If you continue down the financial path you're on, where does that lead? If you continue down the marriage path you're on, where does that lead? If you continue down the health path, the occupational path, the parenting path, wherever, where does that lead? And if you don't like where it's leading, will you be wise enough to stop and say, you know what? I don't want to end up where this path is leading, so I'm going to get off. I'm going to get off the path. Listen, even if it's awkward, even if it's expensive, even if it's embarrassing, I got to get off this path, but man, I really do not want people to see me getting off this path. I think you want it more than getting 20, 50 years down the road and realize I was an ox being led to the slaughter. Get off the path that you're on and put your feet on the right path, the path that leads to life. And maybe, maybe this afternoon you need to stop. 
take a long, hard look. You need to listen to the voices you've tried so hard to ignore. Maybe you need to open God's word and begin to learn. Because the problem isn't the events surrounding you right now. The problem is the path you've chosen with a predetermined destination. And, and, and your experience, you are unique, but your experience isn't unique, which sounds like a put down, but it's not. It's actually good news. Because Jesus said, if you'll follow me, I'll lead you to abundant life. I'll lead you to the kind of life where love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control just starts popping out of you like fruit out of a, a fruit tree. It just pops. It just comes out of you. But you got to have your feet on the path directly behind me. See, this, 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 it's not a prayer. It's not a one-time decision. It's not a magic button that's going to make all your problems go away. This is a change of life. It's a change of direction. The biblical word for it is repentance. John the Baptist preached a message of repentance. Jesus preached a message of repentance. The early church preached a message of repentance. You know what that means? It means you're going down that path. You need to turn around and go down the other one. You need to change the path that your feet are on. And it's a day-by-day decision to follow directly behind Jesus. And the good news is that path is a well-worn path too. Millions of people have placed their feet on that path. And it's led them exactly to where they wanted to go. Is it time to stop? Is it time to look? Is it time to listen? Is it time to learn? And if so, I hope you don't wait. I hope you don't wait until something blows up. I hope you don't wait till you get to a destination you don't want to be. I hope, I pray, I encourage, I challenge you to put your feet on the path directly behind Jesus. Get his dirt all over you. Follow the path that Jesus leads you on. And in the end, your feet will honor him because you've placed your feet on the path that he has for you. I know it is so much more difficult to leave this place and do than, it, than I just made it sound. I get that. I understand that. So I want to pray for you, and then we'll get out of here, all right? Let me pray. Father in heaven, I want to pray for the young man, the young woman who's 18, 20, 23, 26, and they realize that they have placed their feet on a path that is not honoring to you. God, I pray that you would give them the wisdom to know what to do with what you have spoken to them today. And then the boldness, the courage, the vision, the foresight to leave this place and take their feet off of that path and place it on a one that leads them to the place they ultimately want to go. God, I pray for the married couple who've been together for 10, 15, 20 years, and they have put their feet on a marriage path that they, they, they're not sure this is going where they want it to go. And God, I pray that you would unite them, that you would make them one flesh that they would be able to see that they can get off this path, 
through your word, through your power, through your spirit that, that is in them. They can put their feet on a different path. God, for the, 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 the 60, the 70, the 80-year-old who can look back and they can see all over their life where this has been reality. God, I pray that we would listen to, that we would honor those who have gone before us, that we would learn from them, that they would invest in us, those of us who are a little bit further back on the path. And God, ultimately, my prayer is that, that those of us who claim your name would, would follow so closely to you that we, would, that we would keep our feet on a path that you have for us as, as difficult as it is sometimes, as, as sacrificial as it is sometimes, because we know that you lead us to the kind of life that's abundant, the kind of life that we want to have. God, would you help us with this? Would you give us all wisdom to know what to do with what you have said to us today and then the courage to walk out of this place and to do it? And I ask it, I ask it all in the name of the one that we are following. I ask it all in the name of Jesus.